someone would say no, say, oh, you're too expensive. No worries. I definitely put that person's name down because at some point there would be a day where we'd have cancellations, something like that. And I'd have last second openings. I'd like, let's get that person that said it was too expensive. And we text them. Hey, by the way, we had last second opening. I get you in today. We'll give you a special deal half off or something like that. Right, just for coming in today. Coming in right now in like one hour, just because I'd rather have my team member work because we're paying hourly. So I'd rather have them doing someone than sitting around for three hours doing nothing. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, tanning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are going to be playing a replay of another podcast that we were recently on, and that's Teamlicious. That's Hakeem and Ashley's podcast, and we love them to death. They've been sponsors. They've been on our podcast. They're a husband and wife duo who do lashes together and have a brand and trainings and just are just really good people. They really do great work and support and encourage and help our so many lash artists. So anyhow, we want to promote them. So hopefully you'll listen to this podcast where they interview us and we talk about the whole thing, lash industry and what you can do with your career after, you know, once you get done with school, what to do next and all that. So this is a great one for like beginner lash artists, but there's a lot of stuff we cover. So don't just wait for that or don't pass because of that. And basically, hopefully after you listen to this, you'll jump over and look, Add them to your listening list. That's what our goal is here. So please stand by. But before we get to that, guys, what do we have? Yes, we have announcements. We have so much, but I'm going to try to be quick, guys. We have the last two classes before LashCon. We're testing is teaching our four-week retention class. We're going to be Austin, Texas on June 17th, 18th. We have a few spots left left there. July 8th and 9th, we're going to be at Honolulu, and we're, we're lowering the price, because the class, we know it's expensive to get to Hawaii. We don't want you to go crazy, so we lowered it by 400 bucks. It's only 1287 Link is in the show notes. Also, we have LashCon coming up here in October. I can't believe it's like four some months away, four and a half months away, just coming up way too fast, but this is the last day. If you were listening on Friday, June 2nd, last day, you can pay 697 and all the prices are going up 100 bucks, And then we're going up to a four-month payment plan starting next month. So this is it, guys. You've been holding out. Buy it today and get all the best of everything. And we also are going to be at the premiere show starting right now. If you're listening on that Friday, June 2nd, tomorrow's the premiere show. Come join us. It's June 3rd through the 5th. I think now prices at the door will be a little over 100 bucks, but it's still worth it. Three days of amazing speakers. 
Do not miss out. You want to see us at the premiere show. And if not, don't worry. Then you just save up your money and come to Anaheim and come to us at LashCon. Next, we're going to be at the IBS show. Yes, we're all over the place. June, we have like literally four trips planned. We're going to be going be in Vegas on June 25th. The IBS show is June 25th, 26th, but we're going to have a party and you want to come and hang out. I mean, if you're already going to the IBS, then what are you doing on Sunday night? Well, you're going to come and hang out with us. I think we have sold a little more than 25% of our tickets. So still plenty of room, but last year we sold out. We will sell out again. The last two weeks, it gets a little frantic, so do not delay. And also, we will have a discount code for you. If, you want, if you're already going to IBS show and haven't bought your tickets, you can save $10 on that $75 ticket. Last 10, L-A-S-H, 10. Not the letters T-E-N, but 10, one, zero. So you can come, buy your tickets. All of this is in our show notes, and we would love to see you in Vegas. We're going to be there for like three, four days, walking the floor, and then hanging out on Sunday night with everyone. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have Elvis is going to have a sighting like we did last year, and we'll have other things going on, lots of photo booths and places to take pictures. In fact, our next episode, I believe, if I remember right, it's going to be where Shelby and I break it all down for you. So if you can't wait, just a couple more days, we'll release the next episode. Explain everything you want to know about the party. It's going to be awesome. All right. I think that's it for now. Yeah, that's it. I wanted to keep it uh, short and tight because I want to get to this interview where you get to hear us being interviewed, I should say, but really get to see the hosting skills of Ashley and Hakeem, who we love to death and are so excited to be on their podcast. It was such an honor and hope. Hopefully, you'll get something from us being interviewed. <laughs> so, if me doing an interview, you get to hear us be interviewed. So, anyhow, let's get to that episode or that replay, and uh, I know you'll enjoy it. For those of you guys who've been with us for a while, um, you know that you know we love Paul and Tessany. We talk about Paul and Tessany all the time, and we have the honor of having the official founders of Lashcast Podcast, the Lash Conference, and so many other awesome things that these guys have done. They're here with us today, and they're going to talk to us about salon ownership and booth rental. Me and Hakeem have done it all. We've both done it. And so we're, we are of the thought, the thought school that there's no one way to do things. But I know Hakeem and I, especially Hakeem, he spends more time on TikTok, has found that there's a lot of people thinking you have to jump into salon ownership right away. And we just think that um, having Paul and Tessany on the show to talk to us a little about their experience with salon ownership would be very valuable. So thank you so much, guys, for coming on with us. And um, how are you guys? What's going on? Hey, so happy to be here. You guys are some of our favorite people. No, we love you guys. And we're excited to be here. And salon ownership is a big topic. I love talking about salon ownership because it's really the actually I feel like Salon owners are the least appreciated people in our industry. We love lash trainers and product yeah. owners, but man, salon owners, they get I'm all the hate. Vilified. They're vilified. <laughs> they are um, thrown under the bus. They're, yeah. I think they're misunderstood. They yeah. take a lot of, uh, there's a lot of responsibility on their shoulders and they're not appreciated. And there's trainers out there bashing salon ownerships. Yep. Don't ever work for someone. Be your own boss. Be your own boss. Yes. When I was in beauty school, I remember um, on the first day of school, we all had the opportunity to like tell a little bit about ourselves and like what our goals were for like, you know, coming to beauty school. And out of there was 24 girls in my class out of the 24 girls in my class. I was the only one who was like, I can't wait to work in a salon and like a a good one because I've had my experience with, you know, unorganized and 
you know, unmotivated um, salon owners. But I was like, I can't wait to be able to have my license and work. The reason why I used to work at that crappy quote salon was because I didn't have a license. And it's the only one that would take me unlicensed. So I went to beauty school thinking like, now I get to broaden my horizons and find somebody amazing to work under. And everyone else in my class was like, I want to get my own studio. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like thinking to myself, I thought we were supposed to talk about like, what we're going to do when we get out of beauty school. Like, why are you guys talking about what you're going to do in 10 years? Why are you going to yeah. jump into that? Yeah, but they weren't. They were so serious. They they had every intention of finishing beauty school and going straight to having like a studio or something, which, I mean. I mean, if you know marketing and you could do it, it's one thing. But if you have no um, no idea what business takes, then I think you should go work for someone. For sure. Yeah. That happens when people have stars in their eyes and they don't quite understand like the A plus, you know, the one plus one equals two. Yeah. They don't understand. I mean, it just looks glamorous and it seems glamorous to be like, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I'm going to graduate from school and then I'm going to open my own studio and I'm going to be famous and people are just going <laughs> to lock to my door. I just yeah. put a sign out there and I'm going to be traveling around with my designer bags and it's all going to be fantastic. I don't think people understand um, the work that's involved. Well, in- definitely don't understand. I mean, like, I definitely, think definitely. I was in the film industry, everyone was in love with the idea of being a filmmaker or a right. screenwriter or a director, but they weren't willing to put in the work. They didn't realize it's going to take 10 years of working behind the scenes, doing all sorts of crap before you got to that point where you could yes. actually legit. And I think the same thing when you have things like Gary V shark tank instagram all these things are yelling at you mm-hmm. be entrepreneur work for yourself don't be working for anyone else you're an idiot if you work for someone else and that was kind of gary v's thing when he yeah. first seen he was really anti like work for anyone else and yeah. so, so i think it just fueled this whole entrepreneur movement that we saw in the last 10 years um the prophet another show that really kind of celebrates yeah. oh, oh yeah that's pretty cool yeah. i like that show <laughs> I love the show, but it celebrates entrepreneurship. And so you have all these shows taking yeah. off. Every 20-year-old is like, okay, screw salons. I'm going to do my own thing. And and then, unfortunately, you know, I think a tradition which had been long lived in the beauty industry. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you're touching on that. <laughs> yeah, was that you would get out of beauty school and then you go work in a salon and learn. Yes. Mentored by someone who's been in the industry for 20 years. So you're not just reinventing the yeah, wheel thinking that you're so brilliant that you're the first 20 year old that's ever thought of this idea sorry you're not you know, right? yeah oh my god that was i'm so glad you brought that up because that's something that i talk about all the time with the people in my coaching programs i'm like you guys for how many i mean his mom she worked as a hairstylist for like Forever. decades yeah. and she never owned her own salon she was so happy she she got to go to work and go home. So you, she, get, you get a clock out. You don't yes. as, as a business, you never really get to clock out. You're always worried about stuff. So I feel like some people don't understand that. They think that it's just showing up and going home. And it's like even when you're home, you're working. You're you have to constantly be thinking about how you're evolving as a business and what you're gonna do, what's the next move. If you want to be successful, anyways. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Because there are business owners who just go to work and come home, but they're not sustainable. They don't they don't maintain. And I think one of the things that also fueled this is this idea in our industry now that I think is very much alive. And that's because of, there's a few key influencers that push this idea that you can't make lashes your career. It's right. a yes. thing and you're out, you're done, you're boked, yes. or you're baked, you are fried. Oh you God, can- that's on TikTok. I feel like TikTok is like, that's all that these like new, this new age, very early, like twenties, um, beauty boss, business gurus have been yeah. kind of like talking about is like, you can't be behind the chair very long. This, this, and that. And I'm like, they're like, you need to retire. I'm I'm retired at 25, stuff like that. 
That one guy who's and, and like I love him. Like I love his vibe, his energy. He's so passionate. But that's like it's this is the catch to that. It's like, first of all, nobody's retiring at 25. And second of all, like my thing with um, you know, ending services early because it's not sustainable, it's probably because you're not charging enough. If you're not charging enough and if you're not managing your time well enough, like that would be a reason why you could get burnout. And that's the episode um, that we actually air with Tiffany. We just recorded. And so that'll be airing this season too. We talk about how to avoid burnout. And one of the big things is making sure that you're charging the amount of money that you want. Yes, does that you're not going to have 20 clients a day anymore. But isn't that the point? But you're not going to dread going to work either. You're not going to be like, dang, I have to go for this little bit of money just like hating yourself rolling out of bed going to work i love what i do i'm in a rush to retire like i i just got back from maryland yesterday from sherlin's you know lash convention and i got i got home at around midnight and um at what what time i was up by 9 a.m ready to work like and that's like i'm so blessed i'm so lucky that and then i haven't and since then i haven't taken a day off like i didn't even sleep friday night because my flight was overnight like, you know, and I'm here I am Monday, like I'm ready to rock again. I don't know. I, I think that that stems from loving what you do. When you don't love what you do and you're just rushing to get onto the next thing, I think that that's where the burnout comes because you're just looking for that thing to like make you love what you do. But no amount of money, I don't think, is going to make you love what you do. And the reason why this happened is that there, and this is shame on our industry. And again, influencers who do this, they promise riches. If you do lashes, you're going to be rich. And so what yes. happens is people drop everything. It's a low bar of entry, right? Anyone yeah. can be lashes after just a weekend class. They think or they're a 999 ebook. <laughs> yeah. They take on class. They take on lashes. I think they're going to become millionaires. By the way, no one's becoming a millionaire through lashes, but probably two or three people in our whole industry. So just yeah. to take that off the table, stop yeah. buying the bs that people sell you that you'll be a millionaire if you do lashes yeah 20 30 years of doing lashes saving investing yes not two years you become a trainer and you're a millionaire that, that's baloney and that's this bs that people sell that's you to buy their training fiction and they're i think lying. that's they're the sad part they're straight up lying your money they want you to buy their training to buy their crap from you so they'll say anything to get you to yeah. do it so what happens is people get in the industry and they go, wow, I'm going to make millions. And they're like, oh, crap, I'm not making millions. Oh, I'm burned out. And yep. they're like, no, you went in for the wrong reasons. You went in because all you want to do is make a lot of money. And you didn't yeah. realize it because you love the artistry. You love serving people. Yeah. Then but you've gone in with the wrong ideas of why you're going in this industry. And out of those 24 people that were in my class, like I mentioned earlier, there's three of us who are actually actively using our esthetician license. I don't even know how many of us went on to get our license, but yeah. three of us that I know of that actually use and, and do lashes till this day. Three out of 24 is so bad because I, like you said, it's just so now one of my, one of my best friends, she's been an esthetician for almost 10 years. When she went to aesthetic school 10 years ago, she's like, we had like eight people in our class, but at this aesthetics industry has become so trendy that now like the beauty schools have waiting lists for their aesthetics program. And they're begging people to come to like manicurists and like Cosmo programs because aesthetics is like hot right now, which I guess for us, it's a wonderful thing. But at the same time, like they have this false narrative of like what it's going to look like for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just simply not true that you can only do lashes for five years or a certain amount of years. Yeah. Um, I've been it is if you come with the wrong reason though. I think that's. Yes. Right. Thank you. Oh my God. I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because there are oh, yeah. five years is a, I'm out. I got to get out of this thing. Cause I hate it. Yes. 
they never liked it in the first place. They were just doing it for the wrong reasons, like you said. You know, they were just doing it for the money. And and there's definitely been, especially, and I hope like this is something we talked about. We talk about it a lot, but like the pandemic for sure was a big driver in that message of like you like working at a retail or whatever, you're replaceable, right? Because they suddenly stopped giving you hours and stuff like that. Like I understand where the sent. I think there's. I think there's mel- like well-meaning behind some people trying to encourage people into like taking control of their lives and stuff. But I think it's just so important that we're more transparent about like the reality of it because yes, um, you know, retail was considered non-essential or whatever, but so were salon owners. Like we were a non-essential too. We were out of work for four months. Absolutely. And, and I think people don't realize that like people like Tuss, I mean, she's on going on her year, 19th year now. She's year and a couple of months into 18 years and a couple of months into her 19th year slashing Jill over at last incredible years um, is a real career and people can do this for a real career. If they go in with the right desire to do it right. and you just have to look over the hair industry. No, I don't see this in the hair industry where someone's like, I'm going to do hair for three years and then I'm going to become a trainer and my, and my brand owner. I'm like, it doesn't exist. Oh, no. You know, there's people aspiring to become influencers and do that. But generally you're understood. Oh, I'm going to be a hairstylist as a career. That's my job. I'm going to do that for 30 years. I still love cutting hair, honestly. Yeah. I I got into it because I I liked it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed the whole, like I said, the whole culture behind it, the whole shop, the whole shop feeling like I just thought it was really cool Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed what I did. But like I said, some people, they don't, they're just, I guess it's just the internet. I feel like the internet's pushing, the internet internet is pushing like people to believe that, that, that if it's not lashes, it's PMU, or if it's not PMU, it's something else. Like, oh, I announced the 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 jewelry. That's the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The jewelry, yes, the permanent jewelry, which isn't really. Love permanent. It. I love permanent jewelry. I love it, but I think like we always talk about this, like money is wherever you want it to be. Like that's the truth, and that's what I was gonna say earlier. Like it is possible to like you know start selling supplies and courses and like just spend twelve hours a day live on TikTok. You can become a millionaire in this industry in one year. I, I wanted to say that you can, but it's not sustainable. And that's the point. Like you are going to get tired of repeating yourself and the pe- you know, the consumers are going to get tired of buying your products and you not getting the support from you that they want. Like you're going to get tired. They're going to get tired. So yes, can you make quick money in the lash industry? You can. In an industry, I feel like. That. Right, exactly. But I will say this. I, and I really, someone proved me wrong. No one has ever done it. What? Million? No, million is no. Never happened. No, million, no. I, I even right now. Wait a minute, but I can tell you a handful of people who will sell you their program. Yeah, saying they'll help you. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Going off wing. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, I, I even think a lot of the people who say they're millionaires. Yeah, aren't. They made a million dollars, and somehow that's being equated to becoming a millionaire, which is not. It's not. Our, our company made. A million dollars last year. I'm not a millionaire yet. Right, okay? exactly. Right. It just means that the million dollars came in, and most of that money went out the door. So, yes. oh my God, me and Ali, Ali Lily, when we were speaking at a conference recently, um, here in Southern California, we were up. Me, her, and Christine, Christine Island Lash. We were up till like, I want to say like two. Pride. Yeah, we were up to like two in the morning. Um, just an Anna from Designer Pro. All of us were just in a room in a hotel room, like 
drinking and just like laughing about how like all of us know like this that's not what it is and so like we were just kind of saying like what can we do collectively like almost having like a little drunk mastermind like what can we do collectively to change that narrative because it is very toxic and there so my whole point in saying that is that there are people out there in this industry who we care more about the bigger picture and we're trying to actively but it is hard when you have for every five of us that were in that room there's uh, there's like a hundred yeah, girls out there saying the total opposite. And so when you have young kids, especially young, impressionable kids who have grown up with social media, watching like overnight, essential overnight YouTube stars, right? In their mind, they think Mr. Beast made it overnight when he actually did not. He's been making YouTube videos. He's since like 12, I think. Guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. He's like for 15 years and he really has only made it big within the last five. So you're saying 10 years of no traction on YouTube before he, quote, blew up. And so that's the thing, like kids, young kids that are impressionable and they really do think that you can be overnight. It makes sense why they're buying into the those things. And so we're like, what can we do? How can we even compete? As we, you know, I wish what we could do is we should, we could issue everybody those glasses, you know, like it was before 3D was so. Um, How about they, the movie They Live? No. Where, where he puts on glasses and you can see what. Yeah. What, but what I'm saying is before they were like the the, the clear ones, when we yeah. were kids, they were like red and yellow or red yeah. and blue. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And you'd put them on and you'd look at the magazine or whatever it was and you could see the secret message. You could uh, see yes. It. Yes. Oh. I remember those. Send everybody out glasses, glasses. that would repel. <laughs> on the cereal box. I even got them on my cereal box. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You See know, the real message I that they're yeah. talking about yeah. that. There's fake and then there's what's real. And you have to like go beneath it to see. Well, that's what we've been doing in our podcast. And I'm right. so excited. You know, I know this wasn't our initial air talk. We can move back into. <laughs> yeah, we'll move back. <laughs> I'm just glad to talk about this. And I know there's people like you and Allie who call BS to this type of stuff. And right. I think more influencers. We have pretty big platforms now, right? We yeah. have audiences that listen to us. I think people, if we just do a good job of presenting a legitimate argument against it, people will, as much as they want to get the quick fix, the quick um, rich, yeah. get rich thing. I know inside everyone knows that's not real, right? They right. know. Yes. They're just hoping they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. You're right. They're hoping. And then when the people show pictures of, you know, how quickly they made it or whatever, that's it, it, it just feeds in and it's like, okay, see, it is possible. But that's why I feel like this is not really off topic. It's so on topic with the conversation of working underneath a salon instead of going right into business. Okay. Because, but you know what I think, and I say this all the time, working at a salon, getting your esthetician license and working at a salon, you are your own boss still like, cause you still get to choose. You can leave or if you want, or you can, you know, like you get to choose where you work. I mean, you're like, you are your own boss. And, and another thing that I always say is like, why is it that working, having a quote boss, having someone above you, how is that less boss? Like, like I used to be a stay at home mom for years. Like Hakeem worked and the barbershop and I stayed home with our oldest daughter and, and still bossed me around. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm still a boss. And I had no money, no car. Like I don't, where's this mentality switch? Like, where's this idea that you have to have the keys to a building to be a yeah. boss? Cause I've been my boss. Like, yeah. About actually is perspective. When you just yeah. said, you know, I can work for somebody but still be a boss, it's the perspective. Yeah. If you're at, you know, the fact that you're employed by somebody and you're seeing it as constraint, that's yeah. your if mm. you looked at it from like the minute I walk out this door, I am free. Yes. 
worry about the bills being paid. I can go and have watch a movie or TV with my husband and, and let Paul deal with all the complaints. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a level of freedom. If I I don't have to boss work. shit right there. <laughs> it's perspective. You have to focus yeah. on what's true. I mean, I when I first got when I was like a kid. And I was working. I didn't mind working for people. I didn't see it as oppressive working for people. Sure. Now, I did learn over time that all my employers I worked for, I got fired like three times. <laughs> I would like try to help improve the business. I'd yeah. be like, hey, Same. I got ideas. Hey, Same. and I began to realize over as I got older, I was like, I actually think I need to work for myself because yep. no seems to appreciate what I'm trying to bring. I mean, I, I show up before my boss. I stay after my boss. Same. and. I wouldn't get, there would be no rewards for that because my bosses didn't care. I right. was just, boy. So at some point I began to realize, okay, I need it for myself. Now you, and there are salon owners that they're awesome. There are salon yes. owners that take care of their people. I know for our mm -hmm. team, they literally didn't have to do any marketing. All they had to do is come in, work their, actually they worked really generally seven hours on clients and wow. then they had a half hour break and they had two 15 minute paid breaks and all this other stuff. So they just came and worked seven hours. Then they were done. They can go home and do whatever they want. Never ask them to do anything we beyond that. We didn't have we didn't have the market. We didn't have them answer phones. We wow. didn't. They only had to work on uh, the clients and their craft. And the oh, they have that's, so, that's like so relaxing. Just thinking about that, like being able to just show up, do your clients, have your conversations, drink your coffee, and go home. Like, and they what? didn't solve the problems. Yeah. I mean. If there was we refunded issue. clients, we took care of disgruntled people, we dealt all the damage, all we that they never had to worry about for them to make mistakes so yeah. that they could learn because you can't, if you can't learn, you, you can't make mistakes if it's not a safe. Yeah. We made sure right. that, yeah, they were protected. We say, look, you know, we were not like, you can't screw up. That was never attitude. If, if there was a mistake, we always came and said, Hey, what's going on? What happened in the room? Like we never went accusing them. Right. And it was a very, I think overall you could literally just work. Now the work itself was hard because Tesla's technique is hard. I will admit that part and we had time standards so that would create a little stress because we said look you'll have endless but time that's like any job though you have that's to do your job within this time frame otherwise yeah. another client will show up and you're still working that doesn't work we also had a uniform yeah. um and sometimes people i think would, in some ways would think that that's oppressive but the okay. thing is it makes it super easy to get dressed in the morning and yeah you're, you're part and of it, and it looks really professional like people take you more seriously you know yeah. I love that one of our favorite things about our kids going to private school is that they wear a uniform. I don't have to think. I just grab a clean shirt, a clean, there's three drawers, you know, and I just pull one thing from each drawer. That's like so light. And then they're not really judging each other. I know it's a little different, but like kids yeah. aren't judging each other based on like what they're wearing. And so the same thing now there's no competition at work who needs to, whose dress is better. And you know, it's like everyone's wearing the same thing. And then because everything was uniform and everything was clean, it presented to the client a unified front, which means yeah. They could charge more and they got really good tips yeah because of that they couldn't have done that on their own if like you that. come dressed in your underwear or your not your, <laughs> your sweats your pajamas yeah and... i know it's nice but you, you're not appealing to high-end clients when you show up in your sweats and your hoodie and you're like about it if you go into any right now <laughs> you know or even tiffany or you know you're yeah. not expecting them to come in and something cute and trendy you're yeah. expecting them to come in you know or you go to a hotel go to four seasons you're gonna see three guys in hoodies all there hey man we're well, ready to no, yeah. 
going to happen. They can't do, they can't, it's not the four seasons. If you got guys in hoodies, you know. The luxury experience is the experience doesn't just stop at the skill and the talent. The, the, the experience is all encompassing. And I think like people, it, it's not, doesn't necessarily mean you have to wear scrubs or like a suit and tie, but like look clean. And like you said, the uniformity is a key element to that. Yeah. For sure. No, definitely. So I think salon ownership is wonderful and it's a great option for people, but they, in I, at the same time, I think a lot of people should work solo, be honest. I think a lot of people out there, you know, if I mean, I wish everyone first worked in a salon, okay, ideal right. world, go work in a salon, do go that for two or three years, get your teeth cut, find out what you like, find out what you yeah. don't like. That's a key part right there. What you like and what you don't like. You can learn a lot, a lot from working for somebody who's not a very good boss. Yeah. yeah. A lot about what you wouldn't, what, what you would do and how you would do things differently. And it makes yeah. you sharper that way. Right. And yeah. it all, it also can refine your character when you are long suffering. I'm not saying put up with abuse. That's not what I'm saying. But when you, um, have to, um, sacrifice and you have to continually give it, it can refine your character. And what's my favorite thing, babe, what I always say, I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to get a sticker made or something, but I always say that adversity breeds advancement. Like that's like literally like my whole message for if anyone ever remembers me for anything, I hope they remember me for that because it's exactly what you just said. Like as much as we don't want to go through hard shit, like it's why I am who I am. He is who he is. You guys, who you are, you know? Because it, 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 um, it heart, it makes you a tougher skin. Yeah. It makes you impenetrable for the things that would just take somebody else out, you know, because right. you tolerate it, you know, you've built up some strength, some toughness Been there, done that kind of thing. Like I have, I've, I've been in positions where I'm like talking to other people who I just like look up to. And I think so highly of, and then they tell me about some of the things that are like really eating them alive and like keeping them up at night. And I'm like stunned, like what like that that bothers you that much because wow like i went through stuff worse than that when i was like five like this is like and i had these two people like colleagues from the industry ask me like ashley how do you deal with all the things that you that you've been through like it's so not fair it's not fair it's not fair and like th that phrase of not fair and i that's not fair i literally looked at them like <laughs> has your life been fair? because my life hasn't been fair since like the day I was born. You know, my dad wasn't even there. My dad was in prison. Like, you know how fair that is to a kid? Like, that's not fair. But, you know, you, but I love my dad and he changed when he, when he came home and like everything was different and life's not fair. You know, when my dad would get harassed by police officers every time we were driving down the street and he was harassed and pulled over and, you know, they were patting him down and yelling at him. And I was like crying in the back seat. That wasn't fair, but you know, life's not fair. And so I think like when you have those really difficult experiences very young on stuff, like, you know, some other lash artists not talking to me at LashCon. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> like, whoa, that is not even on the spectrum of things that I can, that I even have the capacity to care about, no. you know, let me tell you, I had a, I had a client recently um who first of all is drop drop dead gorgeous and she was, it was me she was <laughs> i had a feeling that um her skin that she it didn't seem fair that she has to work so hard um and do lots more things to her skin than other people do and first of all what she's talking about her, i mean she has quote unquote acne but not really i mean it's just a little I and mean, you can't yeah. even you're walking down the street you couldn't even tell yeah and, you know, I, I understand that it feels this way and I understand it feels at this point of your life that this is the end of the world and that it may be true that other people don't have to just yeah. wash 
but I said, nobody cares. I said, I mean, I said, you are so drop dead gorgeous. You are looking at the wrong thing. Nobody cares. But this was something that was really eating her up alive, you know? So yeah, anyway. yeah. no, nobody cares. It is true. Nobody cares. You can complain and cry all you want, but at the end, nobody cares. And that's why for me, when it comes to like working with Hakeem, you know, if initially we, we both like people thought Hakeem blew up on TikTok. That's not fair. Like, oh, oh Beautylicious is only growing, you know, because uh, because Hakeem has all kinds of followers on TikTok. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna exploit him some more then. Like, <laughs> like, <life's, laughs> like, it, I'm gonna use what I have, and if that gets people's attention, then guess what? Ashley is no longer the face of Beautylicious. Lash Poppy is, and I don't know why that's so bothersome to people. Like, you know, well, people look and they think I want. I'm not happy with what I have. I want something. They look at something else. I said, I want what you have. You know, I can't yeah. be for you because you have something that I want. And it, it's perspective. Teach your husband to do lashes then. <laughs> Shut up. You know, like, what the <laughs> everybody's got their challenges. And everyone has their own path. And I think yeah. people celebrate their own direction, their own path more and just realize we're, you're not going to copy um, your, you know, beauty lashes. Right success path you're not gonna follow ours i mean you're not gonna wait till you're in 50s to start a podcast right probably so you're gonna have your own path everyone's gonna have their own way yeah and instead of hating other other people and being mad that other people have success find your way and invent it and then one day we'll celebrate with you too because i guarantee yeah. you there there's i have more excited about seeing people make it than i am about people not making it i don't celebrate maybe there's been one or two <laughs> <laughs> no but that's why i feel like when you're working at a salon like that's to be something that you should think about like okay what am i like what strengths do i have and if one of my strengths like hakeem said is not marketing and it's not putting myself out there if you're shy naturally or if you're nervous on camera if you don't like posting your work and if you don't like all those elements of like what it takes then you should like you like paul said like don't compare like okay i know the other girl that was in beauty school with me started her salon right away i worked from home when i graduated from beauty school at first because i didn't find the right fit for me for a salon i i did after my first experience i did like a little bit more recon and i was like okay i'm gonna vet the people that i work for and i never found the right one but i worked from home and eventually i got my place but i was never remember my goal was to work at a salon but it didn't work. And I think like just knowing there's so much power in knowing like what your strengths are and what your struggles. I don't like the word weaknesses. So mm -hmm. I just say struggles yeah, I like that. because you, we all have them, you know, I struggle in some areas and that's why I have Hakeem because I push him to, I'm like, babe, I, don't, I suck at that. Do that. Do those. <laughs> Yeah. Well, with with salon ownership, there 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 are some inherent weaknesses. Like for me, one of the things that I didn't realize that um, was going to be difficult for me was having difficult conversations with people. In some ways, I thought, mm. oh, I can communicate just by writing a letter. I can communicate by texting. No, you can't. No. You can't do that. Emos are not you, the way to do it, guys. You didn't. Hakeem does not struggle in that department. That's like his strength. I'm like I'm like real cutthroat. Like when it comes to that, I'm like, man, this is what it is. I, I love that about him. Like whenever we have problems with employees, we, I would just be like, Hey, yeah. You do it. There, there's a, there's a, I think there's a kindness in being clear. You it know? is. And if you're like always thinking about in love with the idea of having a salon, but you've never managed people slow down. Okay. okay. So, That's a good tip. Yeah. Because yeah, truth is once you own a salon, your number one job is no longer doing lashes. It's managing a team. That's yeah. your, that's your time. You are now a leader, whether you believe it or not, you are a leader. There's people coming, following you and going where you tell them to go. And if you have no clue 
yet how to manage people, then maybe you need to read some books, watch some podcasts, start taking some classes maybe, or try to manage something like do a little project and see. Or, or work at a salon and ask for, ask to be a manager of the salon. There you go. Yeah. And actually work your way up till you break and then see if you like it. Cause if you hate managing people like Tusted. Yep. Me too. I mean, then bad. she had to beg me to get onto the company because she was like going to melt this is, down. This is, yep. not, this is not my strength. It's and not my thing that I was surprised at. Um, is that when you're the leader, you don't get to have a bad day. No, you don't get to. It's just like Santa Claus. Yeah, like, you Mickey Mouse, Santa Mickey, Claus. Mickey Mouse, you don't get to have a bad day. You don't. It doesn't matter if Mrs. Claus left you or Minnie left you. You no. don't get to kick the kid down the curb. You know, even though you might be completely justified. Your mom just died. Your dog yeah. just got in the car. It doesn't matter. Somebody's yeah. having. Well, and I learned that with Lashcon too. Recently, I had a conversation with someone, and I learned I. I didn't handle a situation perfectly. I was kind of distracted at the moment. It was true, but and you said, true. I don't have time for this. I, I told the person I have time. However, you don't get to say that. I don't, I can't say that. I have to, to I have to just stop what I'm doing and say, you know what? You're really important to me. And I'm here to listen to you. Even if the world is melting down behind me, I need to stop for a moment. And if anything say, okay, this is so important. I don't, I can't talk this very second. About one minute we'll go on the stage, but you know what? How about we talk? at lunch or how about right. you know, just, like just plan so they know that they're important and that they're valued you don't, you don't right any of those things off yeah. but like you said Tessany, you didn't have that skill set you know when you first opened your salon and i think like that's a really valuable that's a really valuable like a piece of advice like if you're not ready to have if you already have struggles raising your prices or if you are already struggling like you know um telling people that you don't work on sundays because you want to go to church like if you already struggle with that I definitely agree with you than salon ownership. The, yeah. And the other thing, the mistake that I, I, I made too was thank you for sharing these mistakes yeah. because that's what our that's podcast now is really leaning towards is let's share our mistakes. Yeah. The mistake Hakeem, Hakeem can go next. He has yeah. a lot. <laughs> I thought that I would cover a lot of these weaknesses in my character by just being nice. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Compensating. I'm just going to be the coolest. Nice of me to being a good employee. Oh, been, you, oh, you're hungover. Okay. Why don't you lie down in here? Let me get the blanket for you. I'll cancel your people. You know, I'll do your clients to your clients for you. You know, I'm oh, just wow. thought that by being nice, that would protect me. And it would also get me loyalty. Oh no. no that just enabled them and made them think they could walk all over you. Completely. Yeah. 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 Hakeem, let's, let's talk about some of the mistakes you made. Let's, let's, <laughs> give Tessany a break. I was I was nice like that too. When I first bought the barbershop, I had bought um because I was working for a, like a well-established barbershop with my my old boss. He was super cool. He had a he had an extra barbershop. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm in the market to buy one. I bought one. And these are the guys that I looked up to. They were all older than me. They're the guys who used to cut my hair. So when I came in, I just I just thought I was cool. He was starstruck. Out. I was starstruck. I was hanging out with like the guys that used to cut me up. The guys who made it. The legends. Who the guys who made it cool to be a barber. Like a Mexican yeah, barber. The, the guys yeah. who made it like. They were like the local celebrities around town. So I was just pumped to be working next to them. But uh, one thing I messed up is I just became like their friend. I never established like the boss role. I never came in hard with the hammer in the beginning. So then later on, when I would have to tell them some stuff, it would almost, I, I could be honest, it would almost even get physical sometimes. I'd be like, man, you guys, fucking if, go outside. if you want to go outside, we'll just go outside then. You know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> it was just like, they, they couldn't, we couldn't disconnect. Like I said, we, we'd be like friends and then I'd try to be the boss. And they'd be like, how are you going to be the boss now when you haven't been being the boss? And then that would just trigger me. So 
it's definitely a learning process. Like I said, lo- learning how to manage people. That's one thing that I've realized too, that I don't know if I, if care, you want to, if I care to even ever do it yeah. again, honestly, like now that we've, we've uh, changed like that, uh, teamed up with actually i don't know if i ever want to see myself doing that again you know what i mean like yeah it's, it could just be a lot especially because the kind of personality i am I, I, am, I am friendly i do want to hang out with you and i do want to us to just like shoot the shit but i need He's to, a social but being. i need to, i need to like you need to separate it you know you can't you can't always be going to lunch with your with your people or the you, bar or the bar next door you can't <laughs> it's not always fun time yeah like another, I- another mistake hakeem made and i think people could probably take from this is that he was not ready. He was definitely of the mindset of like a lot of these people we mentioned earlier. Like he got the bar, he bought the barbershop with the intention of working a lot, like less, like less hard. And so he got, came in and his day used to start around noon and he would be home by like six. And one thing I used to tell him, I'm like, babe, you're the owner. Like I used to work at the DMV back then. So he didn't really listen to me, but I had told, I used to tell him like, you need to be the first one there and the last one out the door. Like, I didn't really know what I meant by that. But what I knew is that you, if you're the leader, you, you need have, to you lead. You have to be a leader. You have to, you have to lead by example. Yeah. And, and he was like, no, I'm the owner. So I could, I don't have to fucking yeah, work. And it kind of made, and it, and it, <laughs> it made my, uh, not employees, but it made the, my barbers kind of resent me at times. Like, yeah. this fucking asshole. How are you going to tell me? Just rolling in whenever he wants. And at the time I was getting tattoos all the time. I was me and I, I was taking Nashville to concerts. They're like, yeah. where's all the attention needs to come in here? Not you know? inspiring. Not inspiring people. Yeah. You know, I was making a lot but of But then money. bitching at them when they yeah. were dicking around. But I, I was also 25. So I was kind of yeah. young and I, I no one had taught me. And I, I, I didn't know about mentorship. Like I said, I kind of just, I was winging it. Luckily, Ashley smartened me up a little bit. I, I've been able to learn working with Ashley these past uh, four years now. I'm a... I feel like I'm enlightened now. I'm yeah. grown. Well, we all do. We all grow. I mean, when we're younger, we have these ideal views of the world of how it should work. And then those all come crashing down because the world doesn't work that way, especially with Instagram lying to you every day, how the world should work. Just ignore Instagram. Actually, I think the less Instagram and TikTok yeah. you, you'll be, and the more realistic you'll be in the worldview. Yeah. But that, I, I was thinking of a couple other things that, you know, we're talking about mistakes, but also yeah. just you need to have underneath your belt if you're ready to be a slow yes. And two of two of the ideas I had was uh, first being self-motivated. And if there's some people in this world that need to have someone put deadlines around to get them to do stuff, yeah. there's other people who really don't need anything. Like they wake up, they're driven. They, they hit things. They, they do it. That's <laughs> they're me. Organized, they're motivated. You know, Tuss likes structure. She likes having things to do. If I ask her to do something, will you do it? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe like the seventh, the seventh or eighth time that I ask. Yeah, that's how I am. I'm like, I'll do something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't make yourself busy. Yeah. She will be busy. But what we like to say, she likes to make a dollhouse. Cause what, what, what was the background? What's the story behind the dollhouse? The joke was if I asked you to write a book yeah. for a year and yeah. I let you write a book for a year and I went off and then I came back and you'd say, okay, where's the book? And I'd be like, I don't have it, but here's this dollhouse that I made. Yeah. You know, right. and it's like, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Very much what she's like. So that's one. And and if you've never in your life, you've been self-motivated and you've always been a kid that really in school, you can test this. Like, were you the kid that got yeah. stuff? 
early or were you always the one that you waited the night before the deadline and then you stay up all night, do the and homework, cried, down, and and cried. cried. Maybe you're not self-motivated. We Maybe- were just talking about last night. He goes, I was working, we're working on our presentation for Lash Boss Summit. That's this weekend in Austin. And he was like, I was so excited to work with him on this project because I usually do presentations all by myself. And I'm like, oh, we get to collaborate on this. The whole presentation's about partnership. So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to work on it together. And he's like, we did, we did the outline together and he's like, all right, cool. Let's ready time for TV. Right. And I'm like, no, we still need to actually make it. All we did was jot down ideas. Like, and he looked at me, he goes, why are you so excited? Like you liked school, didn't you? I was like, you like go, you like going to school. I was like, I fucking, I never wanted to be in class. I'm like, this is- I like the recess. I like hanging out with my my friends at school. But as far as class goes, I was like, you were probably like excited to read the new book that was coming out. I was already <laughs> read it. I already finished it before everyone even knew about it. Like, I know I was, I, I was telling him when at my school, I don't know if every school is like this, but they give you like a warning bell. So that means this is like five minutes yeah. left of recess or whatever. And when I heard the warning bell, I would go line up. Like I was the, I wanted to be the first to get into class and he, and I was the first to finish my test. I still got a hundred percent. Cause I'm just amazing like that. Like I wanted, I didn't want to just be the best. I wanted to be the first to be the best. Yeah. yeah. And so like, we're totally different. And so I, I get what you're help. Right. I mean, it's good for Tess to have me because otherwise she would still be lashing alone in the room. Alone That'd be it. Room. That'd be it. Alone in and room. no one would know who she is because she wouldn't ever take the initiative to get there, to speak, to yeah. train a lot of stuff. I mean, um, the, so the second thing, and this is a big one. I think no one teaches this. Really, really, no one teaches this. Everyone talks about marketing, and yeah, yes. marketing is important, but marketing is only half the equation. If you're a good marketer, good for you, but no one buys marketing. People, you have to know how to do sales. You have to know how to take those leads and actually get them into paying clients. That is not, again, a skill anyone's born with. Convert. Yeah. How to convert. You have to learn. And you have to be really honest with yourself. You have to really look at what you're doing and say, no, that doesn't work. That sucks. Oh, I have to change that. Oh, that, you know, so whatever it is, if you might be getting a lot of people coming to your store or coming onto your line into your place or looking at your website, but if none of them are calling, then something's wrong. Or if they do call and still none of them book, then you really have to rethink. Or they book once and they never come back. I mean, that's a customer service problem. Yeah. And and all of that really is full. It comes back, you know, full circle though, because if you, you just get them in the door once and you're not able to get them back. Yeah. It, it's customer service, but it, it is an element of sales because you have to be able to take that initiative. I, one of the, uh, someone told me, I forgot who it was. I had so many coaches, but one time I heard somebody like, tell me that the fortune is in the follow-up. And that was something that I never thought about. Like, and if you're not willing to do that, if you, if you have too much, I think another thing that we could say, if you may not be ready to own a salon is like, if you don't have, if you have a lot of pride, like if you are, have tons of pride and you have a hard time, like stepping outside your comfort zone to like ask for business, essentially, like you, like you're going to struggle because if you have someone reach out to you a month ago and then they, you know, they never came back. It, part of sales is following up on them and, and seeing like, Hey, like, and, and like you said, the humility to be able to say, what did I do wrong? Or like, how come you didn't come back? But if you're afraid to have those conversations, like you're gonna struggle. I know Hakeem, I would ask him, Oh, d- didn't so-and-so used to come to you all the time? People like, Oh yeah, he stopped coming to me. I'm like, well, why? He goes, I don't know. He's probably cheap. And I'd be like, well, why don't you like find oh, out? He's like, he's like, I don't need his money. Like, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
attention is in the follow. I love that. And that's true of networking as well. You know, just like it's the following up. It's yeah. the, it's, you know, from your clients, you follow up to find out, Hey, if, why didn't you book again? If you mm -hmm. left, um, I want to make sure that it's not me because there's a lesson that I can benefit from. Exactly. If I follow up, follow up is everything. When I was in sales, I did, uh, had a couple of sales jobs when I was younger and I was, did you get fired? Actually, one of them. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, but that's because I went to my boss who was an alcoholic and said, no, I'm not going to take your abuse anymore. So stop. That's justifiable. You can't yell at me anymore. And he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's different. Uh, but that said, uh, but I both sales jobs, I remember having the key to why I was one of the better salespeople. And actually one company I was like their best salesperson is because I was I just follow up. People were shocked back in the day. Like if I said, OK, and it's not a good time now, but no, I'll call you in 30 days. And I, I had a little system set up. So I, in 30 days, boom, they got a call. And they like, I can't believe you called me. You said 30 days and you're calling me. No one does that. And yep. I'm like, but I do because I care about you and I want to take care of you. And they, oh, I did very well because of that. And the same is true in our salon. Yep. We, no one ever left our salon without me eventually talking to them. I, yeah. I one canceled or, or but didn't, I would reach out. Sometimes they didn't want to talk, of course. They right, want right. Occasionally, right. But some, but, but most people want to be heard, though. Yeah, most they'd be like, be oh, no, it was their last time the person you know, got glue on my face or da 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 da, or, or she was on her phone talking to her friends while I was with me. And I'm like, what? You know, I like, I would find out what was going on but, and then we could make it right. What? Can I say something, though? You know yeah. how, Hakeem, you were laughing at Ashley because, like, you liked school, right? <laughs> like, Paul is like the kind of weirdo that likes cold calling. Like, he could. Yeah. Like oh, he, oh like, no, I, I can't do that. A hundred people today. Uh, I did that all the time. Yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm like having to psych myself up for. One I can't cold call. I can do like, um, like warm-ish leads. Like if, like maybe they haven't like blatantly, you know, shown interest, but I think they might be interested. I could do that, but not just straight up cold call. But that builds like a different kind of confidence. I feel like yeah, like it just builds like something else. Like it's like a because when you can convert somebody yeah, who's cold sure. and make a sale, yeah, for sure. I, I remember. Um, I had told him like one time, um, not one time, but consistently, one of the ways we sell a lot of our courses is, um, I will, this is creepy and I don't know if like, this is even legal, but, um, <laughs> I will call somebody who has our, uh, a course of ours in their abandoned cart. Like yeah. I'll call them and I'll just be like, Hey, like I saw you had in your cart, like, you know, and I'm like no pressure, but I just want to, you know, extend you the, and, and explain to you, see if you have any questions I can answer. And we sell a lot. I'm probably giving someone like the secret to their success, but seriously, like, yeah, no, Th that, and, and I, I just, can I just say yeah. that the reason why you're like that is like, we talked about adversity and like being yeah. in a bad situation. It like, it grows you and makes you stronger. I mean, Paul had to do that kind of stuff when he first got, you know, was the first jobs, yeah. you know, cold calling crap. And um, no, anyway, and so. rejection is okay. Like I don't yeah. see it as a problem. I see the way I see it is rejection is one cl close stepper to my next yes. Yeah, like, like, get through eight no's to get one yes. So it's I better probability. get those, I, those eight no's out of the way as fast as I can, so I can get that one yes. And when I think like that, sales is not a dirty word. And by another thing too, sales isn't really sales. I really hate the, the you know. I really want. I always like the place with serve. Yes. I'm helping people get something they need. Like LashCon is not a negative thing. No one that doesn't benefit from LashCon. Anyone who goes benefits from it. So I know that I'm providing a excellent top product. level, excellent product that will change and then help your life. So I don't feel bad 
being pushy or knocking on doors. Really or- encouraging, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. I, remember one, I remember one time me and Ashley, we went to Vegas and you know how to get to, um, uh, you guys want to come and see a show this uh, this weekend or whatever? Come, yeah, sure. come, come, come and check out this timeshare for an hour, blah, blah, blah. So, we, so they suckered us. We went and we're like, all right, it's time to go. Long story short, they got us to they got us to the room signing the paperwork, and I'm looking at the wall, and then they had a quote. It says, "Persistence beats re- beats resistance." Like, and I was like, "Damn, they got our asses." They didn't have speak. They were fucking persistent, like, and they did. Like, they broke oh. the wall down. I did not want to get a timeshare. But when you ask people, like I've asked people in the past, and could we do our surveys after our courses? I get so many people saying, like, the fact that you called. The fact that you like whenever someone another thing I do with like selling classes is like when people DM me, I never just like text them back. I always like voice mail that voice note them like I always get them on a call because I'm like, we're going to be able to get a lot more information out of each other. And I think like if you're not, again, ready to do all of those things, you're just your salon is going to struggle really bad. You're going to be waiting around for Instagram likes to turn into clients and it's just not going to happen happens and let me give you a, i'll give you one of our secrets that we did with our salon back in the day as far as a, a different way to follow up it's kind of like you're um sneaking into the empty carts and conflict so people would call our salon all the time like we'd get i don't know eight ten fifteen right. and you know probably well now it's getting more and more spam but back in the day right half if not two-thirds of them were real people trying to call and if we couldn't get them on the phone let's just say that we were busy on our line or we got there it was too late because we had a front desk, we would immediately, um, I would actually call them back always. And then if they, let's just say that was a voicemail. say, Hey, this is Paul calling from Integrity Lash. I'm sorry. We just missed your call. But if you are calling about eyelashes, I'd love to talk to you about that and see if we'd be a good fit for you. Give me a call back and uh, we'll go from there. Blah, 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 something like that. And then I would, we had a spreadsheet, uh, Excel sheet and I on our computer. And we would just type that uh, the phone number and the date I called it. And then uh, probably the next day, I would text him back and say, hey, I'm just following up. And I missed you yesterday. But just in case you don't come out lashes, we'd love to find yeah. you a spot. Let me know. And I would put that person on rotation. So yeah. those that that number would we get a text back. If they didn't respond, like nothing came from it. There's like a, like different routes down your funnel. Text, I text them again next week. And then after that, maybe a month later, like we pushed it longer and longer. Right, longer. right. About four, three or four texts, I would take them off the, the rotation. because. Right. Responding, but we got a lot of people in who had just called us and we didn't get you know talk to them layered through texting. Or if someone would say no, say, Oh, you're too expensive, no worries. I definitely put that person's name down because at some point there would be a day where we'd have cancellations, something like that, and I'd have last second openings. I'd like, Let's get that person in that said it was too expensive. And we text them, Hey, by the way, we had last second opening. I get you in today, we'll give you a special deal, half off or something like that. Right, just for to- coming in today. Coming in right now in like one hour, just because I'd rather have my team member working. We're paying hourly, so I'd rather have them doing someone than sitting around for three hours doing nothing. So, right, what times they take it? They'd be like, "Oh, half off? Absolutely, I'll be there in one hour." And so we would just have this whole Excel sheet full of numbers. It got to be over a hundred numbers at a time. Wow different people that we would work out. And when I would, we take notes. So we made sure that oh, we offered them this, or we did this or this, they said this, or they can't, they can't come in. They only can come in evenings. We had no evenings. Well, don't worry. I now know next time we have an evening opening, we let them know, Hey, by the way, we have an evening opening on Friday. And so we found by taking very, it takes a lot of work. You have to right. really have a person. You can't do, be solo. This would be really hard. Right, to do. Right. 
But if you have a front desk person, this is one of their tasks where they can create this and follow up and engage. And by the way, I know a lot of people, uh, our front desk was something I hate texting because I'm afraid they're going to, you know, tell me, you know, the, you know, screw off or something like that. I'm like, first off, that happened. It did happen. Like one yeah. out of 20, <laughs> one out of 10, one out of 20 would say, Hey man, leave me alone. I was just calling because I was trying to find my dog, you know, and like, okay. okay. Yeah. So, but, but now, you know, and you get them off. And by the way, who cares? It's just, they're, they're not like your client. So they're not yeah. going to go on Yelp and go, this person texted me to book a client appointment with me. That, that's not going to hurt you. So just that's get- a, uh, that's called a CRM, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, contact. We, we use that now, but uh, it's digital. It's all digital. But you've been doing that since you know before it was online. That to me is that's that's exciting for me. I like stuff like that. That's yeah. You you'd be amazed how many people you save like you do, like getting yeah. your and all that. Which, by the way, I'm going to take that idea from you. <laughs> yeah, I, it's you know I, it, I'm not going to lie. It, it feels a little weird at first, but I, it worked so well. We sold so many that I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like, uh, that's a great idea. I, anyway, people like uh, people, if they don't know this already with Instagram, when you post questions, those are the people you DM, by the way. If, you've, if you post about lashes, you know, hey, love, you, know, you guys like my new set of lashes, and people are like, yes, yes, yes. Warm leads. It's one of those people, I love to get you in. I love to get you in. I love to get you in. Don't just ignore that. You don't do the. The only reason why you're doing interactive stuff on the Instagram is so you can find leads, not because you want to just get like post the stories. That's yeah, not- for sure. But I think all of these things are just things that people who end up having, you know, end up being, you know, getting the clients in the door end up doing. And you have people like my my lovely, handsome, skilled husband who just kind of thought people were going to come because he did good haircuts and he was funny. And, you know, he liked they played cool music and like that stuff's great, but it, it's so surface level, you know, and it's just not it doesn't convert the same. So I think like that's if you and for us, that's why we know like working together has been has worked for us. But owning a salon is just like going straight into that and relying on 100% yourself to get people through the door. If you, all of these things we just talked about, we just spent an hour talking about stuff that honestly, like it takes more time doing the stuff. It only took us, it took us an hour just to talk about the things that you should and shouldn't do. Now try actually doing it every single day, plus doing clients all day, plus doing social media, plus, oh yeah, do you have kids? Do you have a spouse? Like, you know, like, that's really hard to do. And if you're not that kind of person, like, and you're not ready to do all that, like, you know, don't and do it. I'll give one more big, big aha moment for people Thank who up salon owners. Cause th- th- I've heard this almost universally across the board. Almost every salon owner I know who's become gone to that. It makes less money once they're a salon owner. Almost 100%. Yep. Sadly, but um, unless you become a team-based salon, that's another thing I won't, won't talk about. Right. Now. Right. right yeah. Big- We've talked about that before though. Yeah. Commission, if you're going in as a commission salon or booth rent, um, you really, it does, you don't drive a lot of revenue into your pocket. You really are just either if landlord- it's booth rent, you're really not profiting a whole lot off of each person. And if it's commission, you're putting so many hours in that when you break down your pay divided by the hours that you put in, you're, you're also not making any money because you can't do lashes full time and be a commission salon owner. You just, you it's just, like, it's like we talked about the passive. The passive income area yeah. is like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. So I can be more passive. I'm gonna be the owner so that I can right. get a little bit of everybody's money or whatever. Nothing's. It's just another job. You're just adding another job to your. Life. Adding uh, another full time job. I hate the stupid passive income discussion. We've us too. We do. Us oh too. my gosh! Stop it with the passive income. You want to be passive you income? Own a salon. The money while you sleep is the most toxic phrase that I've heard. Money while you sleep. 
Yeah. And it's always uh, touted by the person who has been a millionaire three times. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and if you're not making $20 a month in your business. Yeah, or, just or just became a millionaire last week. Yeah. You know, that too. And that's the other. So that's what we really wanted to share. Like with this episode was just that there's so freaking much that goes into it. And it's not, and all of these are skilled. Like all the things Paul talked about. I talked, you know, we all talked about, these are things that you can develop over time. This isn't to say like never own a salon, never get your first building, but definitely like a more raw perspective on the back end of like what you need to do. And if you suck at lashes still, like if you're barely learning how to do lashes, like don't complicate things, right? By like adding all of this stuff in there, you know? Go I mean, work for a salon and see if you like it before you ever think. And get mentored yeah. and all that. And yeah. by the way, just like you learn to be a lash artist, you have to learn to be a business owner. Yes. And I would say it's even more difficult than being a lash artist. There's so Wait, many. Because now Wait, you have harder. people, other people relying on you and not just you relying on yourself. So we don't, exactly. again, I feel like I always say this at the end of our episode lately is like, we're not trying to discourage anybody from doing, you don't do whatever you want. Like you do you, right? Just do the research first though. Don't just think it's a, like, it's the, the holy grail. It's the, This is the key to success right here. Do the research. It's the Instagram nonsense is what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the main thing. We just wanted to like share and, and give a perspective from somebody else who may think like, oh, well, you know, I we've never owned a million dollar salon. So for us, it's like we, like maybe people may not listen to us, you know? Um, but I know Hakeem has worked in multiple barbershops. I've worked in a sal one salon before, you know, um, I opened up mine, but I just, you know, you guys had a lot of staff. So I figured you guys could give it a whole different perspective of having a salon that was profitable for a long time. Yep. And that was the whole point of bringing you guys. Yeah. <laughs> always you for up, but no, it's and special. Thank you for, for, for helping, letting us, you know, spill our brains. And we, and we, and we like you said, I don't want to be discouraging right. as much lightning hopefully it's just like yes. going eyes wide open know what you're getting into start doing the things that we talked about so you can get yourself ready so, so you that, don't fall on your butt so you don't have a, a major drama i mean i know almost every salon owner if i start talking to them they'll eventually start tearing up at some point yeah they really, they'll start because yeah i don't feel appreciated yeah i, I sacrifice a lot yeah and so there there's deep hurts that some of these uh salon owners feel and i and i don't want other people to follow that same path i want you you can do that path but go in more prepared but if you've been a lash artist working on you know working underneath a salon for a couple years and you think you're ready to start it go to LashCon and learn from all the classes that they do because there's dozens of classes that you can learn from right because you guys have a bunch of people talking about the same stuff yeah and networking right you just meet so many like-minded people i i'm always happy to see this i'm like i'm always looking like for new speakers right looking for and like the two of the people we got on this year on panels were people that have been to last con i didn't know that i was like oh i follow them they have a big you know big engagement they they seem yeah. to be good posts good information I'm like oh i love to have them at LashCon, and they then they i reach out and go oh yeah i was at LashCon last year i'm like oh you were there it's like you gotta start you gotta start comparing your list to your <laughs> to your, yeah. your list that you have your spreadsheets <laughs> yeah i know yeah. i need to be doing a little more homework but i'm always amazed i'm like there there's it's not shocking to see these people who are really successful yeah who are doing great work and to see that they've been coming to LashCon for a few years because a lot of them this is where they got their start this is where they got their networking that's we where they tell people all the time like all the time we talk about how like we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for LashCon. And I mean that in, in many layers, like not only because we went there, it inspired us. We learned a lot about ourselves. We learned about where we fit into the industry by going to LashCon because maybe where we thought we were headed maybe wasn't 
the way we like what we what we were like our strengths what we thought were our strengths we actually found out through LashCon and through the people out there all the testimonies that we received after going to Lash you know being sponsoring LashCon 2021 we learned like the so much about ourselves and then we learned about what other markets want and so there's so much that we learned by going and then the people we met like that's a big part of why we love LashCon like man we got to meet people that like we never would have even known existed and we were able to connect face-to-face connections just just trumps like anything and then i would say another thing like for hakeem is like i love the parties i I love hanging out there's something about like uh just like getting getting some drinks with somebody and just shooting the shit that you get to like know like the real them you know what i mean yeah it's you make a different kind of connection and i just feel like that's that's such a like a big part for me that I love about Lashcon that I get to just hang out and like truly like let my guard down and, and see other people put their guard down and just get to know them. Because how often do you really do that as whether you're a salon staff or a salon owner, like or you rent a studio, like how often do we really get to do that? So that's why I definitely think like if you're even thinking if any of the one listening like is thinking about doing it. Go to LashCon. You're going to learn so much about, you know, all of the all of the things. And even if hypothetically, you let's say some of those classes are at the same time, and you're like, oh, I can't make all of them. You can get meet other salon owners at LashCon and, and pick their brains and understand, you know, and learn through what is it called? Like mastermind situations where you learn just by sitting around. I mean, we learned a lot about, you know, things that we wanted to put into place just by sitting on a couch with people at LashCon, not even necessarily in the courses because, you know, we're out in the trade show. So we don't get to sit in the, on the days of the 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 presentations. This but, year you will, the main sessions you will because we're closing yeah. down the main. Oh, nice. I love it. Every year we're all growing, right? Yeah, we're trying. We mix it up. And there's also a lounge this year. It's sort of a lounge oh, area that so will people can go sit down and have a, you know, probably coffee in the day and maybe we'll have a bar at night in there where people can hang right. out. So we're going to really focus again on like the connection point because I've realized that is like gold for people. And you know, I feel like a lot of people just go to the parties and they don't even go to the classes. Yeah, I there's do. something like that. Listen, are. I got to skip out. My client's going to oh, be yeah. walking. Yeah, we do. We got to go too. But guys, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you yeah. Thank no, you. It, it was great. Thank you guys. Okay. But before, before, before you, she, oh, okay, she could go. Right. But you can tell us then. What's, we, we need to do our little worst advice. So. Oh. We're going to do this. Um, we're going to compile it later. So it yep. doesn't like, we're not going to put this on this episode. It's going to be um, on a different episode. We're going to compile all of our guest speakers and have all the worst advice. So okay. um, I don't know if you have already, you could take your time because I'm going to, and you know, I'll, rec- I'll separate this recording, but. Advice. Ah, that's a, that's a good, I wish I had thought. I, I, I know I, I forgot to tell you, but that's, that's something that we're, we're working on. Cause I think like, obviously we made, we talked a lot about our mistakes, but mm-hmm. I think like, there is bad advice that like you get from people and you just like and they yeah and then maybe you act on it and you realize like god why did i listen to that person or why did i do that but a lot of times it comes from because it's probably somebody we respected and so we listen to them but the main message obviously that's going to come out of this little this little mini series of the worst advice is that um you got to do what works for you and not just listen to other people but i think everyone has different experiences with that happening you know no, I mean, there's there's so many things that are flying through my head. I know. Because there's literally, I mean, just going to Insta, listening to, I feel like um, make sure you follow everyone on Instagram and do what they say is uh, really crappy advice because I yes. know Instagram is, is people lying and they're just trying to find ways to get money out of your pocket. That's what yeah. they want. 
Whatever they need to show, say whatever they need to say, just so that you'll go, oh, here's here's money. I'll buy your train. I'll buy your PDF. I'll buy you this. Was I mean there was somebody there. Was it Elon Musk? I think it was Elon Musk who actually said in an interview, like, college is a waste of time. You can learn anything on the internet. Just, like, follow your favorite influences and, like, you can literally learn how to do anything. So that's, I mean, that I've heard that, too. And I remember thinking, like, like... Like, I, I think I understand where he's coming from, but like, I'm so glad I went to college, even though technically my degree is like so far off base of lashes, but having my degree in sociology has helped me, you know, in, in different ways. Really applicable to business. I mean, that's a fails, great yeah. Yeah. I think listening to people are, are saying that that's where you should get your, your train, your inspiration from. I think it can be equally as toxic and, and discouraging and depressing for a lot of people. And yeah. they may why give up because they they don't feel like they can compete against what right. and mo most of what you're seeing is fake anyway so why you're competing against a non-reality and yeah. that that's a horrible thing and that's one of the things that we've really the last year or so have talked a lot about on our podcast trying to let people know about the real world the real the real truth about it playing the long game like it takes time to get where you want being patient um those things are what are going to re reward the long run humble being humble you know touting your successes like you know like you're a big deal on instagram it's just like rubbing people's face in your crap i mean it's just like you know because it's probably not real and if it at best it stinks so it's yeah. like, i just don't think that's really um a, a, i think good advice for people like so leaning into social media yeah I, I really i think social media it has more negatives than positives now if you're a salon, a business owner like us it actually it's a great tool to use for sales and, and get connection. And I use it in that way. But if you're just as a consumer using it, I think that's a really bad way to go. I think you, you just get, don't consume, just get yeah. off. Do yeah. Less things. consuming. Yeah. To stop consuming, start producing. I always like to say so. But yeah. you're right. A lot of people do kind of say like social media, everything's on social media. You can learn anything on social media. And I think I, for sure, that's been a big toxic thing. So yeah, we're, we'll cut that up and we'll, Put it together it's like i said it's just going to be a compilation of a oh, bunch right. of different huh? i started to think of other things like yo hey don't get your esthetician license that's okay <laughs> that. no but no real advice like you know we i've gotten a shitload of bad advice so i just think it'll be a really cool thing to hear like everyone's different bad advice and see like what yeah. um, ultimately at the end of the message like i said it's going to be like you have to do what works for you and copying other people or listening to your dad you know your dad saying certain things like my mom's one of the worst advice i got was like never um tell anyone what you're working on like keep everything a secret my mom it just comes from a place of scarcity and you know thinking that there's only so many seats at the table yeah, that's the idea it's really bad advice but you know if, from where she comes from she meant well she was trying to protect me but it's really bad advice it's why my my launch of my lash supplies um my first month was we made 100 bucks and then <laughs> I kept it a secret until the day of. And yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, but I, you know, I was just following what my mom taught me. And now I learned, tell everyone what you're doing always. <laughs> always got to get the word out. Like last con, I, for a month, I just talked about April 11th every day, April 11th, yes. April, like over and over, over. So that, that was ingrained in people so that everyone and their dog. And I still, it's still amazing when we had, you know, thousands, I don't know, 1500, 1600 people come that day and look at the, the page still only, you know, 300 and some bought a ticket that day. Yeah. Right? That's still pretty good odds though. That's a good conversion rate. I mean, yeah. that's 20%, but yeah. Cause what's the average 2%, I think the, yeah, two, three percent. But still I'm like, what happened to those other like 1500 or, you know, 1300 people? What did they do? They came and went, 
no, not going to go. I'm like, you knew about it. You can't, you showed up on the big day and you still, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, because, um, I, we really want to go to lash fest, but, um, I just, you know, lash fest in Dallas, we really want to go that too. Um, just cause we have such a large, like, um, follower base in Texas. Um, I put it in my cart like five times already too. And so a lot of it is for me, it's like, I'm waiting to see, and I don't know if you guys already have it all on the website, but I'm like waiting to see who's speaking. What are they speaking about? Like, is it, I hate to say it like this, but like really bluntly, is it worth my investment? Like, is it worth, and and to me, not worth it to others, like, but is it worth it to me where I am today? Because if all of the presentations are about, you know, speaking to like people who are maybe just learning to get clientele and stuff like that. And they're not really talking about like stuff that we need, then I'm paying essentially a thousand dollars per ticket, plus our flight, plus our travel just to like see our friends and like i don't know if like that's worth it for me if that's what it is i don't know i haven't seen the 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 it hasn't been announced yet actually last um dallas is their their lineup is there oh, okay okay i had it when i was first looking at it i mean is like yeah, lineup is, is up as well as the scheduled i i have to still get the descriptions of each talk up but it's right there when you first go on you can see the schedule and see all of the speakers and, and what their topics are at least the descriptions you know yeah so, so. You're right. No, you're right. I mean, I'm sure. And not like that. I mean, just a lot of people are just curious and want to yeah. look. Yeah, like, for they, sure. They're not going to spend, you know, like a thousand dollars. And then yeah. all that. It's like the average last artist only makes probably 20 to $50,000 a year. So, yeah, I think I, my school, like on the numbers on the website says like the average esthetician that graduates from there is 16,000. I know that that's like, in, that's obviously not a real number because people don't always, um, put in how much money they make it to their taxes. Right. But nonetheless, like if that number, that number is pretty low, 16,000 a year. Like well, LashCon, I mean, we, we do um, a survey of the attendees and majority of people make under 50,000. I forgot percent yeah. or more 70% make or maybe it's 80. I think it was like 80. Make but under I thought if you take a lash course, you get to make six figures. That's right. That's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. if, take, if you take, go to certain coaches, you'll make a million a year. Yes, that's true. Yeah. In six months. Well, thanks, Paul. I really appreciate it. Hey, guys, guess what? That's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review on behalf of my Lash Noodle, Tusney, as well as our special guests, Ashley and Hakeem. I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry.